Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday, which was a day where we gave uh, props to foster parents. Uh, one of our hosts added himself as a smoker. Oh, my God. Uh, the plastic bag thing's not going anywhere, and uh, somebody's treehouse probably is, if the council has their way. Uh, but before any of that, uh, the cave rescue. It's its captivating. I was genuinely, and I, I don't want to, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, my God. But I was genuinely very, very excited to hear that news about the kids in the cave. I thought that was wonderful. I haven't seen the news video footage. I haven't seen how the parents were, how the people were, but that's amazing. It's just amazing. I remember well, and I'd seen the movie also of the South American miners that got stuck. Remember, and all their wives turned up at the top of the hole when they got the hole through. Then all their mistresses turned up, and that became quite lively. They were down there for a long time, and they split up into two different groups. I think they all got pulled up in the capsule. It was amazing. These soccer kids, I have, or football kids, I mean, I'm not quite sure what coach takes you caving. Um, and despite all the many ways you might want to fault the recently retired head of New Zealand football, at least he never took the players caving. Uh, but those guys are stuck in the hole. Below sea level, it's warm, but they are trapped. They could be there for four months, which would be an amazing challenge for the coach. And they're going to come out and they're either going to be one of the greatest football teams ever or they're never going to see each other again. One would hope, um, given they are aged uh, you know, 12 to 14, uh, that they don't have quite so many mistresses uh, waiting for them when they come out. Don't know about the coach. Um, it's, it's so, I mean, that's really the best thing, isn't it? And that, 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 now that we've found them alive, we can make more jokes. I think it's kosher to make more is it? I think I think so. Uh, now, being a foster parent is no joke. What they need is support and resources. But are they getting it? Well, sadly, no. A foster caregiver came forward the other day saying she was forced to give up her foster children over what she says was a total lack of resources. The Ministry for Children apologised to her, but she's not the only one. Foster caregivers are quitting in big numbers due to what they say is a glaring lack of resources to support them. They say the system is broken. There are more and more children in this country requiring care and sadly, fewer people to give it. Oranga Tamariki admits there's a problem and says it is watching this trend carefully. It says it's trying to address the issues by offering more resources to those already in the caregiver roles. But the issue's bigger than that. More vulnerable children means more caregivers are needed. And when the stigma and the reputation of foster parenting starts taking a hit, it'll be hard to garner back those people or entice more into the role. It's heartbreaking to think there are this many children in need of good loving homes and that those so generously willing to offer them aren't backed up adequately to actually make it work. We have in this country more than 6,000 vulnerable children either in care or in need of care. It's the highest number ever, but we just don't have the resources to meet them. Oranga Tamariki is promising to improve its help for carers, but how many have we already lost and will they come back? Taking on board the mantra that there is no such thing as other people's children, the onus is also on us, the village of parents, to support each other in raising these kids. If it's a problem for foster parents, it's actually a problem for all of us. 
So although the issues sit directly and acutely at the feet of Oranga Tamariki at the moment, we should all be aware and appreciative of those in our communities opening their doors and their hearts to these children and asking what we can do to support them. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Uh, Parenting is horrific enough, let alone uh, doing it when you don't even have to in the first place. So you've got to take your hats off. Uh, one of your main jobs as a parent is to try and get your kids to not take up smoking. It didn't work for Andrew Dickens' parents. Um, I'd like to make a statement, which I've never made in my broadcasting career. But if you've met me, you'll know that uh, I uh, smoke. Um, never said it on the radio because obviously I don't want to promote it in any way, shape or form. But, you know, I'm 55 years of age these days and I've smoked far too much. So it has been bugging me, uh, my very light habit, four or five a day. So uh, over my holiday, I've decided to quit. And guess what I've done? I started vaping. And I'm also, I've just started the Champix uh, today. So uh, I'm hoping, you know, that this is all going to uh, fix it all up. And I just thought I really should be honest about this. I don't think I've been honest throughout my broadcasting career completely. Uh, it hasn't coloured any of my opinions uh, as such, but uh, I thought I ought to say it. I never said it. You want to know why I never said it? I remember when I was a kid, and I was about 14 or 15, and my dad just randomly out of the blue, as we're driving along the road, said, Son, if I ever catch you smoking, you're disowned. <laughs> Which, um, I, you know, I actually uh, believed but when I was about 17, 18 and uh, you know, at the last bit of school and just about to go to university, I had a few and then away we went here and there. Not wildly heavy, but enough. Anyway, I've started the vaping. Just thought I probably ought to make that admission uh, a, a full disclosure. Jeepers creepers. Talk about leaving the secrets out of the closet. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do if he tells people how skinny he is. Um... Boy, oh boy, that was a bombshell. Uh, my uh, monster number two asked me last night if I had ever smoked or tried it, and I said yes. Didn't really take it. It, it tasted for, for me. The main reason I didn't like it was because it tasted like smoke. I prefer things that taste like melted cheese and or bourbon. Um, the bourbon definitely took. That's for sure. Now, uh, the plastic bag thing, it just keeps going and going and going and going. A bit like a plastic bag. It just never goes away. I was thinking, you know, this, uh, you know, this is okay. Change that. I mean, a bit of change won't, won't kill us. What's got my back up is this, what I believe is the scamming going on. This is going to save the, uh, the supermarkets a lot of money. That makes them much more amenable to this than anything else. Here's a true story. Yesterday. Lady in a store, not a supermarket, but in a store, food store. And um, the clerk behind the counter said, uh, do you want a plastic bag? Would you like a plastic bag? And the woman sort of got a pained look on her face and said, oh, I, I feel so guilty saying yes. To which somebody then said, these are biodegradable, take five of them. And uh, this particular store um, wouldn't be using them if they weren't. 
Now, you tell me why the same can't be applicable in supermarkets. Same size bags, same sort of thing. You tell me why they can't do that. Of course they can. And then you get somebody telling you, well, they're just as bad for some other reason or other. Why don't we burn them? Hmm? Why don't we burn them? That puts CO2 in the air. And CO2 is so evil. Well, put a peg on your nose and tape your mouth. See how you get on. That seems a little extreme. Although I do wonder, you know how they've got the CO2 shortage in England that's causing the beer shortage? Can we not truck some of the CO2 we're producing badly and just filter it into the beer production? You know, where it's really desperately required? I'm no scientist. I don't really understand how these things work. Uh, there's a Dunedin lady who's been told to take her treehouse down. I don't know that it's her treehouse. It might be for her kids. Gee, uh, did you think you'd be making headlines over this? Uh, no, I certainly didn't. Your father, Trevor, uh, tell us about this, built the treehouse. How long ago did he build build the treehouse? Uh, him and his best mate built it in the first week of the last school holidays. So around the 16th of April or something like that. Okay, so it's three or four months old, right? Okay, and how did this all come about? The neighbour made a complaint. Uh, yes, apparently. Within a week of it being built, I had received an email from one member of the council, and then the next day I received a letter from another member of the council. Have you not talked to the neighbour? About the treehouse? Yes. No. Do you know which neighbour complained? Yes, I do. Okay. And your problem is what they complained about, the privacy, right? Yes, they did. What did the council do about that? Nothing. <laughs> the, count, the council um, didn't um, hear about the privacy complaints. They um, cared about the fact that once they become aware of a treehouse, that they must inspect it and make sure that it meets uh, building requirements, um, which they advised me before they even looked at it that it most likely wouldn't. I uh, I don't remember much from my earlier childhood, just because it's probably because of all the bourbon I mentioned earlier. Um, but I do remember having a treehouse of some kind when I, in my backyard in Christchurch, and it had a there was a slide which you know how these days you you buy a plastic slide. This one, I think, it must have been a cupboard door made from a cupboard door, like with formica veneer on it, or something. Something slippery, anyway. But somehow, I grazed myself on the edge of that. What I'm saying is, is that I think my parents were trying to kill me with that treehouse. I think that's the privacy thing is a concern. You can't have your kids going around peeping over the fence to your neighbours that's not I almost got arrested once for carrying out surveillance on one of my neighbours when I was that's another th- another memory I have of a kid I think when you do almost get arrested you do tend to remember that I had a balaclava on I had uh, a lot of plastic guns binoculars um, full full sort of navy seal regalia I've changed since then a bit You'd have to say. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB for Wednesday. I'll see you back here again tomorrow. Uh, I, won't, I won't be peeping over the fence. What I mean is I'll orally see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.